welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. For your word that is about to be ministered, O Lord, we pray that let your work be packed with fire, O God. Let it cause a transformation in our lives. And we pray that, God, you shall help us to overcome any impervious memory in our mind, which will cause your word not to be able to sink down. And above all, we pray that you shall give us the grace to be able to implement all that we will hear here. In Jesus' name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to thank Pastor. I thank Lady Pastor and the leadership of the church for this opportunity to once more share the word of God with us. It is not easy for a pastor to let go his pulpit for somebody to minister his word, especially on Sunday. So when you get this opportunity, then you should really respect it. All right. So this morning, I will just begin my message by telling us a very short or an encounter I had with a young couple. I saw them some couple of months ago. They had this small boy. So when I saw them, I said, oh, wow, handsome boy there. Then they all laughed. Then the husband told me, Mr. Banfu, this boy you see here is a product of sacrifice, suffering, cost, and endurance. I said, well, what do you mean? And then he said, do you know what? The moment my wife took seat, the doctor called me and told me, do you love your wife? Then he said, yes. And then he said, do you love the child that you are about to bring for? And he said, yes. Then he said, if that is the case, then it will cost you. So he said, what? Then he said that you should have nothing to do with your wife from the conception up to the time he delivers. So he said, the time that my wife took seat up to the time that he delivered, I had to deny myself of all the pleasures. I didn't have anything and it cost me a lot. So this child that you see here didn't come cheap. I said, wow, that is powerful. You know, in this world, nothing comes cheap. Every good and valuable thing that you want to achieve in this world will not come cheap. It will cost you something. It will cost you your time. It will cost you your treasures. And it will inconvenience you. When you go to the boxing gym, or I don't know whether maybe somebody has gone to the gym before, sometimes they will tell you exercise. You'll be exercising. Then they'll tell you, no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. Meanwhile, you are in pain. They'll tell you, no pain, no gain. You are suffering. But because of what you want to achieve, you endure and then move on. When you listen to the biographies or the autobiographies of most of these champions, they will tell you that what they endured in order to attain that position, you will never believe it. So that is what I want us to understand, that as Christians, if we want to obey God, it will not come cheap. It will come about with unforeseen, foreseen and unforeseen costs. 
anticipated and unanticipated costs. It will come about things that we did not anticipate. And that is one thing that we have to understand. So just as it happens in the temporal world, in the, in the ordinary, in the physical world, also in our spiritual world as Christians, it will surely cost us. So this morning, this, my title, the, sermon, the title of my sermon is The Cost of Obedience. What will it cost us in order to pay it or obey God? Amen. You know, for some weeks or for some months now, Pastor has been doing an exposition on obedience. And I'll just spend some few minutes doing a little recap. You know, so somebody will ask, what at all is obedience? Obedience is simply complying with an order, request or law, or submitting to another's authority. Just submitting to another's authority or complying with an order. And as Christians, it is very, very important for us to be obedient to God. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Samuel said, obedience is better than sacrifice. It therefore means that obedience in the Christian life means a lot to God than even our sacrifice. When we pay heed or obey the word of God, it means God cherishes it even more than our sacrifice. And when we read John chapter 10, verse 27 to 28, John 10, 27 to 20. The Bible says that my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Other versions will say that and they pay heed or they obey my word. So it therefore means that when we pay heed or we obey God, we are counted as part of God's flock or sheep. Conversely, if we don't pay heed or obey God, we are not counted as part of God's flock. And that is one of the things that we really have to understand that obedience to God is very, very important. But just as I have said, obedience will not come cheap. As a matter of fact, most people fail to associate or openly declare that they are Christians. Or they openly fail to live the life we expect as Christians. Not because they don't acknowledge the existence of God. Not that they don't love God. Not that they don't believe that there's a supreme being. They believe it. But the problem is people are not prepared to go through the costs, the pains and the pangs that comes with obeying God. That is the problem. Because sometimes you go for evangelism, somebody, yeah, I'm a Christian, I've given my life to God. So you're asking them, why are you living your life? Or why are you not associating yourself with Christians? Ah, no, 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 no. It is because of the cost that comes with obedience. But sometimes I wonder why we are prepared to go through the cost. We are prepared to go through the sacrifice when it comes to worldly things. But when it comes to spiritual things, then we think it is too much. You know, recently I was talking to one guy, he's a Chelsea fan, and he told me, Mr. Bamfu, you know, I love Chelsea very much. But one thing is, I don't watch Chelsea matches. I said, why? You love Chelsea matches, so I expect you to. He said, I don't watch it. Because anytime I watch matches involving Chelsea, we lose. But when I don't watch, we win. So because I want my team to win, 
I deny myself the pleasure of watching Chelsea so that my team will win. I said, wow. So he said, sometimes I go and stand outside. And after they are finished, I ask, did we win? And they will tell yeah, 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 yeah. Look at the person is prepared to deny himself just to support his team to win. But Christians, sometimes when you talk about the cause, hey, it's too much. This one, so hey, Charlie, I have to deny myself to do the afternoon. No, 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 I can't. We are prepared to enjoy the fruit that comes with obeying God, but sometimes we find it difficult to go through the cost. But as I have said, it will surely cost us no matter whatever we do. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 22. I'll be running a little bit fast. Oh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 20 to 22. The Bible says, Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down and asking him something from him. And he said to her, What do you wish? She said, Grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? So as I said, we sometimes want to enjoy the things that comes with obeying God. We want to enjoy the goodies. But then we must understand that as long as we have given our life to God, it will cost us something to pay heed to fully obey what God is saying. So this morning, I just want us to spend some few minutes looking at some of the costs or whatever it will cost us when we want to obey God. And the first thing that I want us to see is from John chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. I will just start from the foundation or the basics of our life, then I will move up. John chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. This is just a popular story. This is the first miracle that Jesus did at the wedding of Canaan. When he went there and the wine got finished. So he said, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. His mother said to the servant, whatever he says to you, do it. Some versions will say that whatsoever he says to you, do it. And that is the first area that I want to emphasize. You know, if I were the one who was given the opportunity to write the Bible, I would have written it, whatever sensible thing he tells you, do it. But he didn't say, he said, whatsoever he tells you, do it. So the first cause of obedience is that it will challenge our logical reasoning. Because he says, whatever he tells you, do it. Does it make sense? It may not make sense. But he says, whatever he tells you, do it. Somebody will sit down and say, ah, but I mean, how can God say I should do such a thing? It doesn't make any sense conflict with the knowledge that I have acquired. But he says, whatever he tells you, do it. So it will challenge your logical reasoning. It will challenge your knowledge. It may even challenge your academic credentials. Whatever you have learned in school. I remember when we were in the university, you know, when you go to university, they give you courses like archaeology and you do historiography, you do history of geographical thought, you do philosophy, you become very, very analytical. 
So even sometimes, I remember sometimes they would tell us, let's go to the field and pray. And we would go then, people, shabarabarabara. Then I would sometimes ask myself, does this thing make sense? We are all shouting. How can God discern each and everyone's voice? And how can God determine that this is what this guy needs? We are spewing gibberish. But the Bible says that he who speaks in an unknown language edifies himself. He utters mysteries unto God. So it may not make sense to you. But before God, he says, whatever he tells you, do it. If the Bible tells you to pray in tongues, please do it. And that is the first thing, obedience to God. It will challenge or defy our behavior. How do we behave? We have gone to a wedding. They say that the wine is finished. If the wine gets finished, what do we do? We order some. But here is a kid, they are telling us, let us fill the pot. <sighs> what is this man talking about? From experience, when the wine gets finished, we fill it or we order new wine. But you are telling us to fill it with water. It may not make sense. Our experience may tell us that this thing doesn't make sense. But the Bible says that whatever he tells you, do it. Your husband or your fiancé may abandon you. And you are wishing that nothing good will befall that person. Every day you are praying. You are praying that God will punish him. But God will tell you, please pray for that person. It doesn't make sense. It is not fair. But he says, whatever he tells you, do it. Your parent may not be taking care of you. Maybe your father or your mother abandoned you somewhere. And so you are so bitter about the person. You don't even want to reconcile with him. You don't want to see him. But God will tell you, please go and reconcile with your parent. Honor thy father and thy mother. And you say, ah, but this one doesn't make sense. But obedience will cost you it will challenge what you consider as your reality or what you think is fair. It may not be fair, but that is the cost of obedience. So, after maybe our philosophy, our reasoning and academic qualifications and our experience or reality in life has been challenged, the next thing that I want us to consider as to the cost of obedience we can see it in Acts 10, 13 to 15. And this place, it is very, very important and dear to my heart. The Bible says, And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. You know, Obedience will challenge our stereotypes. This encounter was before Peter went to the house of Cornelius. And you know, the Jews normally don't mix or mingle with people, the unbelievers, or the Gentiles, they call them. But then God had to show Peter this vision of a sheet coming from heaven with so many animals, unclean animals. And he said, kill and eat. And Peter said, oh, no, 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 God, you know this one. But he said, kill and eat. God had to change the stereotype. God had to change the prejudice. 
God had to change the stigma that Peter had formed around the Gentile before he was able to use him. So obedience will also challenge. It will challenge the stereotype. And if I say stereotype, it's a widely held, fixed, and oversimplified image or idea of a particular thing of a person or thing. Something that we have formed. You know, we come to church, we say we have given our life to God. We are all brothers. For I'm building a people, this, that, that, that. we sing it every day, we greet each other. But deep, deep within our heart, we have this misconception about people. We come to church, oh, we, we don't associate. You are in church, all right. But they'll tell you, oh, we, our tribesmen, they don't associate with these people. We sometimes even come to church and we look down people. Oh, these people, they are the low place people. So we don't associate with them. We don't associate with them. We don't associate with these people. And from my culture, from my background, I don't associate, especially when it comes to marriage and other things. Oh, we don't marry from this tribe. I don't like the way they do their thing. But God told Peter, kill and eat. Wow. It is like maybe an animal, maybe you are from the, you know, at that area, they will say that we don't eat snail and those things. But then God comes and tells you, kill and eat. If you want to obey God, it will challenge the stereotype. Your philosophy and your prejudice, your prejudiced mind about people. Sometimes they will tell us, let's go for evangelism. We have prayed. Today, we are just going to share the word of God. Pick your Bible. And on the way, you meet somebody in a white apparel with long beard carrying this. Somebody will say the equivalent of the Bible. I don't want to be. And the person <laughs> is coming. The moment you say, oh, forget about this, guys. God should punish them. Even if they die, so be it. I will not share the word of God with him. You know what I'm talking about? But meanwhile, deep within you, God is telling you, share the word. Oh, no, 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 I will not. I will not. These people, uh, I don't trust them. We bypass them and then we go. But obedience will cost us our preach, all our prejudice, mind, and all our stereotype, and even our culture. When it comes to one thing that I find strange is in Africa or in Ghana here, we find it difficult sometimes one somebody from one tribe you come to church you mention the name the, the first name oh i like the name she's a nice person the moment you mention the surname oh no 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 but the same person when he goes and tells his people i am going to marry a white person he says, hey why are you idiot it's a major breakthrough deep within us no but outside yes obedience will challenge our perception and the people we associate with. Amen. The third area, I just want us to consider something from Hosea chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Hosea chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her, for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Goma, daughter of Diblim, and she conceived and bore him a son. The first day I read this one, I did not believe it until I had a similar encounter. 
God told Hosea to go and marry somebody who's, I don't want to use the word prostitute, but commercial sex work, that is the, the, the word that we use. Wow. Commercial. <laughs> you see, anytime we read, well, it's okay. We just say, ah, but we don't. Until I came face to face. You know, I remember once we came to church and pastor gave us some track to go and share. And about a year or two, I became a little bit health conscious. So most of the time I wake up at dawn, go for jogging. And anytime I go for jogging, I pass around the Ecobank area. At that time, those structures were there. One day, I, the tracks were in my back pocket. And when I got to the place, I saw these three ladies. You could really see that they were, they had really armed themselves for business while I was smoking. <laughs> and when I got to the place, God told me, give the track to these people and speak to them. I didn't mind at all. I just passed them like that. God was telling me, stop and give it. I didn't mind. Because I was afraid. Imagine that I stand here and I talk to these people. And I said, hey, so imagine that pastor or any of the church people come and they see Mr. Bamfo <laughs> negotiating. Oh, no, 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 no. This one, yeah, no, 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 I won't. I, won't. I, I, I ran away. <laughs> the following day, this time around, I was tired. But when I got to the place, I was very, very tired. So I decided to walk. And I was the only person who was walking. So when they saw me, they told her, hey, a customer is coming. And suddenly they all circled around. I said, hey, 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 please go, go, go back, go back, go back, go back. The moment they came, in fact, I saw that this is an opportunity. So I stopped and I said, I picked some of the tract. And reluctantly, I issue as I say, take this, take this, take this. And the one who was smoking, I was expecting her reaction to say something. He looked at me and he said, please pray for us. This job that we are doing, we wish we can quit. But anytime we try, it becomes extremely difficult. If there is a way that your God can touch us to stop, we will really appreciate it. So, I decided to give them the direction. I spoke to them, gave them the direction, but they told me, well, they will not be able to locate the place, but they know Calvary Temple, so they will do whatever possible to go there. That day, I was shocked, and I said, wow, God, have mercy. This was Hosea. God was telling him to go and marry a commercial sex worker. So we have our will, we have our free will to make choices, but obedience will sublet our will over that of God. Whatever we will wear, we can decide to wear anything, but God will tell you, no, wear this. You have your will to associate with some people. These are the people that I want to associate with, but God will say that no. And obedience to God will defy your free will, your will to choose whatever. It will defy or challenge the kind of partner we even want to marry. It will cost us our life and business partners. Can you imagine that maybe your social life and your status life, you go and tell people, you come to church and they are telling you, oh, Pastor, oh, I've seen somebody I want to go and marry. Hey, so who, who, who have you said this one? Every time God, oh, he, 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 he smokes weed. Why? Out of all the people, ah, it was God who told me. 
really but we are just painting this figuratively so that you will know that as much as we have our free will if we want to obey God it will override our free will it will bring a conflict between us and our aspirations in life you may aspire to do something but God will come in and then it will change it if you are prepared and willing to obey God that means you have to sublet your aspirations to that of God let's look at something like Joseph and Mary wow Joseph I want to marry Mary and in less than no time you see that the lady has taken seed you want to abandon her and God say oh no 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 go and take what will people say cost you your status it will even cost you the way you relate and socialize in life that is the cost of obedience amen obedience will cost our time and distort our schedules in life we may plan for one schedule but it will distort it it will cost our family and ties with even our friends It will cost our social life. It will make us seem odd and it will bring a lot of discomfort to us. In Matthew 8, 21 to 22, there is a, this disciple. He said, another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. You see, someone will say that this guy, He's a very wicked anti-soul. When we are meeting, now that we have all planned, he's saying that God says he should do this. It will cost you something that you want to do, but God will come in. Are we prepared to bear the cost of obedience? And just as it happened to Abraham in Genesis chapter 22, verse 2 to 3, then God said, take your son, your only son, emphasis, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. The verse 3, that means Abraham complied. Obedience will cost us the things we love and cherish in life. The things we have strived to achieve in life. It will make us do things which ordinarily we wouldn't love to do. So just as I said earlier on, obedience to God does not come easy. Matthew 16, 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Must deny. That means the thing is there, but you must deny it. And then when we look at Luke chapter 9, verse 23, then he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. This is an amplification of the first one. This is why he's saying that daily, 
when we were in secondary school when we, your, your, all your provisions finish you go to dining hall and you, sometimes you get gary and you bring it and you don't have sugar to put into the gary so you pour water on it and we have something called imagine so you imagine that there is sugar in it so and then you'll be eating then somebody will ask each other what is your meeting imagine <laughs> There is no sugar, but you are imagining that there is sugar in it. And you are imagining all the pleasure you get when you eat with sugar in it. In the same way, God is telling you that the pleasure is there. But imagine that it is not there. Wow. It is not easy. So it will inconvenience us. It will cost us the pleasures of life. Everybody is doing it. We can dress all right. You can put a chain around your ankle, whatever. And then, you know, nowadays, uh, so many fashions. Sometimes people dress, they expose themselves. You have that pleasure. There is pressure on you also to dress the same. So that you will appear nice to the world. But God is saying that. Deny it. Deny it. The lady is throwing herself on you. Everything says, Charlie, this is an opportunity. <laughs> but God is saying that, deny it. Deny whatever. One day, national service guy came to me. He told me, Mr. Bamfu. So, when you are driving, do you see the ladies? I said, yes, I see them. Really? I said, yes, I see them. <sighs> so, when you see them, what happens to you? I say, ah, what are you talking about? <laughs> then I intentionally said, when I see them, especially those in a hot dress, electricity passes through me. He said, hey, hey, so you to your experience? I said, yes. Then he asked me, so what do you do? I said, well, apart from maybe being a Christian, a Holy Spirit checking me, I most of the time pinch myself. And I ask myself that, the few seconds pleasure, will it be a commensurate to the everlasting misery that I will go through? So when I check myself with this, I say, wow, let me sit back. And look, my friends, especially those of us who are here to marry, let us not think that when you marry, it will preserve and protect you from all the temptations it is even when you marry that they will come in full droves. You can only save yourself when you decide to deny that the thing is not there. It will come. You can pray. Strangely, you can pray. And the moment you leave the house, the first thing you will see is temptation in its full glory standing in front of you. Holy Spirit will help you but there is the need for you also to deny ladies the world will put so much pressure on you sometimes you go to the hair salon people will tell you so many things your friends will tell you so many things they will tell you that this thing is here this thing is here when you do this you will get money you will get I understand but the Bible says that let us deny ourselves take up the cross Luke chapter 18 verse 21 to 22 
The Bible says that all these have kept since I was a boy. He said, when Jesus heard, he said to him, you still lack one. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. This is an encounter between the rich young ruler and Jesus. He said that everything I have done, but Jesus told him, sell it. Come and follow me. Why did Jesus say that? Because he trusted. He had protection. His trust and his protection was in his riches. But Jesus did not want him to put his trust. So he told him that he should go and sell everything and come and then follow him. It will cost us our investment. It will cost us the things we consider as our security and protection. Obedience will cost us our riches. It will cost us the things we have acquired in life. And the thing that even gives us status, that makes society respect us. Because of time, let us shift to this last point. First Samuel 13, 6 to 10 and 13. First Samuel 13, 6 to 10. This is about an encounter between the Israelites were going to fight the Philistines. Let me just paraphrase because of time. And you know, at that time, they had divided the armies. So the army of uh, Jonathan went and then they killed the garrison of the Philistines. And they got to know the Philistines heard it. And they also made it public so all the Hebrews heard it. And that infuriated the Philistines. So they decided to come and then attack the Israelites. And the Bible says that when the Israelites saw their situation was critical, and that their army was pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits. So Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of God and Gilead. Saul, Saul remained at Gilgal and all the troops with him. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered the burnt offering. Just as he finished speaking, making the offerings, Samuel arrived. Obedience will shake our patience. You know, this is a king, and these guys are gathering to come and fight you. And you are telling me that I have to wait for someone to come and prepare the sacrifice. And the guy is not coming. And there's so much pressure on me. There's so much pressure on me. Obedience will test our patience, it will shake our faith, it will put undue pressure on us. Most of us here, sometimes you are a lady. You can even go, you sometimes look at yourself. And I know sometimes some of our ladies, we do it. You go and stand in front of the mirror, and then you take one a strand of hair. When you see the gray ones, hey, I'm growing old. And, and you see that people are putting so much pressure on you. Marry, marry, marry. But you come to God and God will tell you that. Wait upon the Lord. Maybe you come to church. Pastor is praying for you. Madam, wait. God has something good. And society is putting so much pressure. Especially maybe if you are the first child. And maybe your, your younger siblings are marrying. And every time they marry, you are the one who helped them prepare. And somebody is asking you, hey, so, so what are you doing? When is your own coming? If you don't take time, you will be compelled to do things that will be in conflict with God. And sometimes to the young men, maybe you have a fiancé, 
the people, the parents are putting so much pressure on you. You love the lady, you can't let the lady go. But you don't have a job. And some people around are nursing for your lady. And you want to do everything possible to marry. If you don't take time, you will grab whatever opportunity comes. But God is telling us that, let us wait. Obedience will test our patience. It will test the level of our endurance. It will even make us look odd. And it will make people say that we are somewhere. Obedience will cause our household and inheritance. Just like God told Abraham to leave his father's home. It will give us discomfort. Just like God told Moses to go to Pharaoh. He was on the land many his own business. And it will cost us our jobs. Just like the apostles. And finally, obedience will cost our lives. Philippians 2.8 The Bible says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Daniel was thrown into the lion's den because of obedience. Stephen was stoned. He was stoned. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they almost lost their life because of obedience. So in conclusion, somebody will say that after exposing all these things, you are telling us that we should be obedient to God. We have been obedient. What do we stand to gain? Matthew 19, 27 to 30. Matthew 19, 27 to 30. The Bible says, Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will be there for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fools for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and many who are last will be first. We shall sit upon thrones as judges if we don't falter, if we take up all these costs and sacrifice. We shall receive a hundredfold of all we have lost we shall inherit everlasting life and finally all we have lost shall be restored this one when we say it like that it doesn't strike well but let me give you a typical assuming that the four by hundred really sometimes maybe the first team will run they will be last the second one you go and hand over the baton to somebody the person will run and then they will be last the third one will also be last but sometimes you give it to the anchor leg the last person and he will run and pull and redeem the time that you lost first so notwithstanding the fact that initially you seem to be last at the end of the day the anchor leg will be able to redeem the time and all that you had lost you'll be able to redeem it recently a man in the united states who was wrongly accused and jailed for life in 1981 for murder was exonerated by dna evidence from 1981 he was in jail now they brought him out and the judge ordered that they compensate him. All the years that he lost, all the things that they lost, they should add everything. They added it and instantly he became a millionaire. All that he had lost was restored. And that is what God is telling us this morning. 
that if we don't falter, it may be difficult, it may seem challenging, it may worry us, but if we don't falter, God is saying that all that we have lost, all that the society thought that you are losing, all that you are going through, all the challenges and the difficulties, be restored. Shall we bow for a word of prayer? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that has come. First Peter chapter 5 verse 10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a little while, while himself restores you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Father, your word has come to us, O God. We are praying that you shall give us the grace and the strength to be obedient to you, even at the point of death, O Lord. We pray for strength and mercies, O God. Let not the pressures of this life choke us so that we will turn our back and say that it is too difficult. But just like the apostles of old, they stood firm and they followed you. So do we also pray for grace today that you will strengthen us and encourage us so that we will be obedient to you. So that at the end of our lives, you will say that thou art faithful servant. We give you all the glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.